0: Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Community artist Evelinia Kan has featured previously on the programme with neighbourhood projects often to do with preserving heritage for the communities themselves. This has included the songs of village brides, pulling turnips at Pokfulam, and heading out to the Hakka village of Lai Chi War but I'd never interviewed Evelynia about herself. She founded Art in Hospital to brighten up the wards and provide particularly young patients with a creative outlet. This followed a project in the 1980s to create art with children in the Vietnamese refugee camps here. She's worked with fishermen and shown how art can help with those suffering from dementia. She's headed out to refugee camps in the Middle East. She's taught art to the children of migrant workers in Beijing. In our chat together for this programme, Evelinia Liangkan talks about her childhood, her studies, and her ever-patient husband, who helps fund her projects. I was born in 1949 in Guangzhou.
1: And then my parents, right after my birth, maybe not even one or two months old, that, you know, they escaped to Hong Kong. Actually, I should say to run away from the communist China because my father used to work with a company that was with the Kuomintang. And he decided, you know, it's uh, yeah better to come to Hong Kong. We landed in Changzhou to be with my auntie who run a primary school for the fishermen's children in Changzhou. And so for the first three years of my life, I spent in Chenzhou, And I think it's basically, in a way, you know, sort of, like uh, mold my free spirit because I can run wild on the beaches and have fun on the streets and because there's no cars so you know and I can sit on whoever's uh, door front and and then people will give me like you know big smile and give me Dao fufa and I always remember Dao Fu and it's really fun you know in Chanzhou the first three years You can remember some of that yeah, I remember sitting at the gate on the doorstep of my auntie's uh, primary school and I can remember the singings inside and I keep on saying that how come I cannot go inside and study how come my sister and brother can you know and I I would sit there and enjoy the songs and then I would play with these I mean basically as street kids okay
0: now how so you were the third how many so how many brothers and sisters do you have I have
1: two brothers and one elder sister and yes I'm the fourth one. You're the fourth? Yes. So you're the youngest? At that time yes. (laughs) One younger sister much later.
0: So you spent your first three years in
1: Changchow so you lived with your aunt? I lived with my aunt and my grandma and my parents and then my father during that time only come back maybe weekend because he got a job at the hong kong university and then when i was like about time to go to kindergarten we moved to hong kong
0: so what was your father's job with the university and what was his name uh his doctor chi chi liang
1: and he taught physiology at the uh, medical school and my mother then worked at the netisol hospital She's the head matron for the outpatient department.
0: So this is in the 50s? Yes. So who's looking after the children? I
1: have a Zhe like we call her Zhe Zhe, big sister. And she was actually a refugee too that got during the Sino-Japanese war time. She's like alone on the street and my grandmother took care of her. And then she become part of family and take care of
0: us. Where were you coming in from? I mean, you're only a couple of months old when you come over the border. And how did you come? And where did you come from? We
1: escaped onto a boat from Guangzhou to Hong Kong. And during that time already, the, the communist Chinese uh, people's army were already, you know, trying to stop people that get on the boat and they uh, fire at the people. And then my sister got pushed down and stepped being stepped on and her ribs got like tear three of her ribs. and there was a uh, missionary doctors from New Zealand that saved her life. I think my brother that time was maybe about nine years old eight years old and he remembered the doctor's name and later like uh, my brother immigrated to New Zealand he found that doctor and he interviewed him and the story is being proven yes he said I remember, I saved a little girl's life.
0: So, in a boat, where would you have gone out of? Do you know if you are
1: coming from Guangzhou? I have no idea. So, mm. maybe probably bought in Hong Kong, and then then they they took a ferry to Chanzhou because my auntie was there. Mm. Yeah.
0: You then moved to what Hong Kong Island? Where? Hong Kong Island where? In Sai Ying Pun.
1: Yeah. So we we live in Sai Pun for like uh, till I like uh, study in Canada, you know. So, fifteen years. So, so, what school did you go to? Uh, St. Stephen Girls. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, kindergarten in Yinghua School, Yinghua Girls School. And then my parents transferred me, not transferred, put me to St. Stephen Girls in primary two.
0: Yeah, that's a historic school, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, both. Actually, Yinghua School and also St. Stephen Girls are uh, about the same time, I think, they established in Hong Kong.
0: At school, did you already show an in- inclination towards art? That?
1: OK, that's a long story. Uh, I'm dyslexic. OK, so ever since I was young, I used images to help me memorise, you know, Chinese character and also help me memorise uh, English writing. And then my mathematics,
0: I don't know why, actually it's quite good. In terms of the art, you know, did you find yourself painting at home or, you know, creating no, installations? I, 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 or... I scribble
1: all the time to help myself, like, remember the, the the lessons, the classes. And then I start designing poster board for the school and designing all this crazy stuff. And I, and I got into the drama when you play, you know, play theatre thing in mm. the school, you know, I sing and dance. And... and Basically, it's like express myself in any other way other than in writing.
0: And what about now? I mean, you write me emails, you write me texts. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, is it, is, has it changed during life or do you still struggle with it? I think I can overcome it thanks to computer
1: and Google and Siri. It helped me with my grammar. Because of the modern technology, yeah, yeah I'm fine. And of course, I'm very expressive. So I always, uh, people can always understand me through my expression, through my facial
0: expression, through my hand movement, through my body movement, and yes. Now I've known you over the years, and we'll be talking about that, founding Art in Hospital, working right. earlier with uh, Vietnamese kids in uh, refugee camps. You've always done uh, you know you're you're very much passionate about communities uh, heritage that needs saving and expressing but for those communities themselves uh, not necessarily always for for other people but ensuring that it's saved within the communities and carried on through the generations you have a strong sense of human rights really in in lots of ways did that start i mean does that come from your family i think it's now when i really
1: look back into my life I think it is, it in my blood, and I don't know where it's come from. And I think my auntie, who started out the primary school in Changzhou, and she decided she, my mother's family is quite rich, is a, a rich landlord, and then of course when they come to Hong Kong, they basically uh, lose everything in China. But then my auntie, she's well-educated, got into good university uh, to train as a teacher and then she told her parents and said that you know i am not getting married because i think that the children of china need education the most if it is to change china into a better place to for people to live in she's tell me a lot during my youth during when I was a child. And I think, wow, my auntie is so, you know, it's like, wow, she's my model. Mm-hmm. And then later, when I realized that how my father, like graduated from Tsinghua University in Beijing, one of the elite in China, and decided to go to Kunming to help with the Sichuan Ren Da, the uh, Southwest University, joint university. I don't know exactly the, the English name, is uh, to train, to, to educate again uh, youth in China uh, to go to a more modern and civilized you know uh, country. And then my mother also decided to also go to Kunming to help nurse the all the soldiers and pilot. And this is how my parents met in Kunming, is during the war time. And later, the anti the... Oh, so Yunnan. Yunnan, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's where the university, is a very famous university. And so I realized that, you know, my parents, like, give up all their richness, all their potential. My father can go to university in... He, he got accepted in, I think, California, uh, Berkeley, during that time, 1936, okay? I'm talking about that at that time. And he said, no, he decided to go to Kunming you know, to fight for, for the better China. Mm-hmm. And I think all this sort of like implanted in me. And I think it's in my blood that I have this sense of righteousness, justice, and help people if I can. And maybe also because of my family's religions is Christian. Mm-hmm. And because my, my school result is not that good and I cannot actually go to university in Hong Kong, and so my father sent me to Canada. So how old are you when you go
0: to Canada? Uh, seventeen. You move from Chongqing when you're three years okay. old. So that would have been like 1952. We live in an apartment. No
1: lift, no no television, no telephone, nothing. You know it's, uh, And I always play at the back stairs. Those old buildings have. And I always walk down to the salted fish place. And I still love it. I love the smell because it's like, again, it's, it smells so good because my grandmother uh, will have that every day as her meals, small baby sorted fish with rice. And my grandmother loves me. She always share her lunch or dinner with me. And so even now I would, I would go through those streets and I said, yes. This is love.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, going right back to your heart, right back to yeah. your childhood, yeah. definitely. When you go at age 17, you went to Vancouver, Toronto? Or? Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, and
1: then for the uh, grade 12. And it was at that school, I would say the English teacher know that I, I have difficulties since writing full essay. And then she said, I think you have the potential. You are very sen- She said that I'm very sensitive. So that, you know, I said, why don't you just write poetry instead of an essay? And so it got me right onto writing poetry and prose instead of a long essay. And I think she's really good. She looked into my potential because my way of thinking is jumping. And then she said that, you know, in poetry, you can you can link up things and then people will not argue with you and actually you can get your fe- feeling through and so i really have to thank her for the teachers it's only one year and it changed the way that i'm not afraid of writing anymore or even writing essay anymore now so you're in Vancouver, and uh, you do your year 12 then. Then what happened? Year 12, and then I got into UBC, University of British Columbia, actually with high grades, and I don't know why. And, to study? Yeah, and then I studied fine art. Well, no, I study some ordinary subject that because my father thinks that I'm very smart. And he said, maybe you can go into medical school too. So I got into pre-med, the program pre-medicine. And of course, I live in a dormitory. And every day when I go to my class, I will pass a department called the Fine Art Department. And instead of going to my classes of like chemistry and anthropology and blah, 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 I went into the studios and I sat down there. And Mr. Binning Uh, Mr. Binning, I always remember his name. I always said, you know, Mr. Binning saw me and said that, you know, oh, you always come, why don't you just pick up a brush and a pen and and do some drawing. It's a live drawing class studio. So I sat down there and I started to paint. But because I do not have any training before, so I just paint, or just paint. And then Mr. Binning come to me and said that, are you from the Orient? I said, yes. Are you Chinese? I said, yes. And he said, you know, do not paint or draw like that in uh, haste, in fast movement. He said, listen to your heart. And he said, go back and try to listen to koto music. Go to the library and get some koto music. Uh, Get some like CD or or to the library, to the library too. We can always uh, borrow like uh, music files and all that. It's Japanese music. And he said that every note or sound, that you just move your brush, listen, and look at the line that you are drawing. And it was Mr. Binning that helped me realize that, you know, I should paint with my heart, not with action. And that's important. Another professor came to me, Dr. Caswell, and said that, you know, you are from Hong Kong, but you know nothing about Chinese. About Chinese, you know. So why do you come and study without your own heritage? And I was so mad at him. I said, I'm from Hong Kong, I'm from Hong Kong. And then he said, no, you are Chinese, know your own heritage first. And he also gave me the directions instead of looking to the West, and I try to look back into China, the Mm -hmm. history of China. And this is how these two teachers from university actually gave me, show me the path that I should follow. And so I start to look back into China, into the history of China, into all those movements, and my parents' uh, story come back to me gradually. I start to look at the recent development in China, and it was that time, it was the cultural revolution, almost the end of the cultural revolutions. And I began an activist at the university, and I do rallies and anti, anti-nuclear war, women's rights, uh, the official language of Hong Kong have to be bilingual instead of just English. You know all these things so i i I'm, I'm the activist in in the university, and I graduate from fine arts so you graduate in what year nineteen seventy two and I went to china i went to china yes to to understand China a bit more and it was during that time I started to visit all my relatives that are that are still in China, and I start to realize what it is to be under the rules of communist China. And my uncle, one of my uncle in Shanghai, come and see me in the hotel, but they won't allow him in. And I said, why, he's my uncle. Why can't you let him in to my room or even walk into the hotel? And the those people said, no, he cannot, you know, this hotel is only for overseas uh, Chinese and also foreigners, you know, any Chinese cannot come in. And I said, but he's my uncle! But they said, no, this is the rule. And then my uncle said, okay, 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 calm down, you know, so, and then after we met, we had dinner together, and and then he asked me, "Um, can you go into the hotel, the shop, and buy me a pair of lylons for his wife and I said oh those are so common you can't get it somewhere else and he said because these are all imported merchandise we cannot get it.
0: Yeah so you graduate in 1972 uh, you, you have then a trip to China in the same year. Yes. And uh and then but how long did you stay in Canada or did you move back to Hong Kong? Not yet. I went back to Canada and I got
1: married and I came back to Hong Kong in nineteen seventy seven when I nineteen seventy eight when I had my first son because my husband had to come back to take care of the family
0: business. Tell me about your husband and how you met him. Oh, <laughs>
1: It will be, it will become, it will become a very long story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's your short version then, that's okay.
1: He's Frederick. I met him when I was 16 in Hong Kong during one of those parties, you know, girls' school and boys' school, Christmas party, you know, so yeah. And then I went to UBC and a year later, because of the Cultural Revolution, his family also decided to move away from Hong Kong and they settle in Canada. And that's how we we start the courtship, I mean the, the thing. And at first I reject him because he's uh, too stable, <laughs> not wild enough, but he's there. He's always there uh, waiting for me. He's always there very patiently. And he's yeah. a, a businessman? He's or? a businessman, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a uh, lot of time he support all my Projects when I'm in need of money. When did you start doing your sort of community projects? I teach at Chinese U. And then at Chinese U 1986, I saw a lot of news about the Vietnamese refugees coming to Hong Kong. And I asked my students, do you know what's happening uh, along the coastline near Chinese U in Sha Tin? Do you know what's happening? And a lot of them say no. And some say, yeah, there's a lot of, like, these boat people. And I said, do you want to help them? Maybe with art? And then some of the students, the Chinese U students said, yeah, sure, you know, but how? And this is how it started. So I met a friend, Stephen Nashheim. So we started up uh, a society called Garden Streams. And then we start to take students, you know, from Chinese U, into the Vietnamese camp.
0: Where was the Vietnamese camp?
1: Uh, the first one is in Thay Tha The second one is in Thai Island. And actually we spread out our wings to most of the detention camp. And What then, were they like
0: when you went in?
1: It's really terrible. It's like barbed wire. It's all metal. And then the floor is cement. And it's silvery color. And it's very hot. I remember that first day, the first time I went to High Island detention camp is there was three gates I have to go through. And it was very bright sunny day but everything is silvery and hot and I feel very cold inside. And I have to go through three gates, search. Search is almost like search, do you bring in any weapon? And I got inside and Inside is, again, is barbed wire, metal gate, everything is metal and I can't stand it. And I said, can we change something instead of of, uh, doing art activities, can I do murals? Can I do murals and turn all this terrible environment into... It's like this. So you've
0: got... That's the illustrations that you did, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. So you just see these children just sitting in, in mesh cages, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's like that. And I talked to the police. It was
1: during that time, it's the police department, not the correctional, uh, it's the police. And they said, yeah, you know, you can bring your student and do one weekend and blah, blah. So we did one weekend. We created yeah. uh, a few murals. And at first, I thought that maybe that's it, you know, we do it uh, one time, you know, sort of mirror painting in High Island, you know. And it's only after like three months, the police department called me and said that, "Uh, Mrs. Ken, can you bring your student again and do more murals? And then he said, it was after that we did all these murals, we did maybe four or five, you know, for that weekend it's uh, the environment change inside the camp and this was kaitak or Uh, this was uh, in high island Island. and inside the camp because uh, people start to sit under the fence and then people start to chat around and there is less hostility and i said really and he said yes do bring in more students to come and do artwork together with with the artists inside the camp. And this is how we start our Art in the Camp project. How many years did you do it? From 1986, 1987 to 1991, I think.
0: And now you made some young
1: Vietnamese friends? Yes, and they are not young anymore. Now they are adults. And because what we did is we really changed the mood. We bring in music, we bring in Art classes for adults, for children, and then we have the trust of the Red Cross, so we got into the school curriculum. We designed like a uh, arts program for them, and then our art teachers asked one of the police and said that, "Can we have a little piece of land so that we can do some planting, plant some flowers so that they have a little garden as next to their school? yeah and it become a very healing process for all the children there. They, because they can plant, they can water the, the plant, they can look at the flowers, how the grass come out, how the plants come out, I become green, and how it bloom flowers. It was like 25 years later, like I met this young man again, and then they said, this is their fondest memory.
0: Yes, because I mean here where we are in your studio in Wong Chuk Hang, you've got a, a lovely, and uh, it's a cloth painting yes. that hangs at, yes. of flowers by right. w- one of those, uh, and he's done it more recently. Yeah, he did that about
1: five years ago when I first, had, no, actually maybe six years ago, yeah, when I you know, first moved to this studio, I invite them to come and have a party. And he, he drew this and said, this is for you. And I was like so moved, you know. Even though he's not, he's very good, he's very talented in, in craft, in, in painting. But for a living, he's not an artist, but he still produced that beautiful sunflower.
0: Yes, because most of those uh, you know, youngsters would have moved on to other countries, right. but some yeah. stayed here. Yes, some stayed because of their status. Yes. You know? yeah.
1: Yeah. They got married, they have children, and, and yeah, I was invited to their wedding, to their baby-born party, to blah, blah, blah. And It was really fun to, to see them.
0: Now, with the murals that you did for art in the camp, you used that idea again when you created art in hospital. Yes, because uh,
1: 1991, because of the policy of the the refugees policy in Hong Kong change, and the forced repatriation, you know, uh, of the Vietnamese spoke people, and I said, you know, where can I go? Where should I go? All these young students that have been helping me with all this community big project, you know. What can I do? I said, okay, let's do it in the hospital. And this is how I start. Yeah, out in hospital. And of course, because uh, of the connection that I have with the hospital. Because a lot of the doctors that are in power, no, in authority are my father's students. Ah. And a lot of the nurses are my mother's students. <laughs> and So I just go to the Prince of Wales Hospital, talk to uh, the department there and chemotherapy and physiotherapy and said, can I do something and change? And yes, and this is how I start like Art in Hospital project.
0: My thanks to community artist Evelinia Liang Can who's currently preparing an exhibition of the art created by Vietnamese refugees and the group who worked with them back in the 1980s. That will be later this year. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.